0: I, I I actually welcome lulls and burps and farts and whatever. It's, very, it's the it's you being an audio engineer I was a little paranoid. So so it's just all scars and
1: you know. It is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah. But um. So you know Bosco's playing then Kerry Howe playing yeah. guitar, and um. Like I said, he's a substitute bass player and guitar player for Agent Horn. Right. Um. I
0: make my kids jealous with a little <laughs>
1: imagery. Um, and then the bass player is Bob Gnarly. Bob used to play in uh, in uh, The Veins, which was an early punk band from Huntington Beach, Fountain mm-hmm. Valley area. And Mark Arnold was the guitar player mm-hmm. in that band. Mark went on to do Big Drill Car. And uh, Mark's a great audio engineer now. Tours with big bands and stuff. Killer. Um, and then our drummer, um, is Stevie Dirt, who played in Heavy Dirt and D.I. and mm-hmm. Crash Kills 4, I think. Um, and then we kind of got a backup drummer, Doug McKinnon. Okay. He used to be in the Vandals. Okay, right. So Doug, uh, Doug was our drummer, but he started another band. He's got a business with uh, Eric, the drummer of No Effects. They have the Long Beach United Boxing Gym. Okay. So that eats up a lot of his time. Definitely. So he kind of like took a back seat and said, "Here, let, you know, let me just be the backup guy." Thank you very much. Oh man, food. <clears throat> so the band's doing really good right now. You know, we're it's awesome. Yeah, we're getting ready to head up north, do some shows with TSOL, up in the Bay Area. What is the configuration of that band right now? Um, it's uh. Jack Grisham, the original singer. Oh, seriously? Yeah, Ron Emery, the original guitar player. Mike Roach, the original bass player. And they got this guy, uh, Antonio, playing drums. What a trip. And uh, Antonio's a great drummer. That's killer. You know, he's one of those kids that just grew up on TSOL. Okay. Um, Sort of like Josh Freeze playing for Devo kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Um, Totally knows it, just nails it.
1: Yeah, they. it's funny because they needed a drummer. Their drummer quit. And I think they had a couple substitute drummers, one guy come in and played for like a year or something. And then they needed somebody like really bad. Mm-hmm. So they tried this guy out. And they got like shows like in a couple of days. And they uh-huh. gotta like uh-huh. get a drummer. Uh-huh. So they tried this guy out and he was just awful. I like, couldn't even get through a song. Mm. And so Mike Roach. He was like, hey man, you know what? I met this guy one time, a young kid, and says he knows the songs. And yeah. I think I got his number. So he like finds his number, calls the guy, the guy comes in and like basically just nails the set first practices to like, okay, you got a show to tomorrow. That's awesome. Yeah. I admire
0: that you all, you all are playing so much. I mean, I had like a garage band and played for many years and opened <sighs> for some famous people and never were successful. But it's so hard to get those guys to play again. Like old, old guys, you know, got so many excuses not to play. I know. How do you do that? How do you
1: manage? I mean, you, you know, that's the hardest thing, man. Because, I mean, you're dealing with five grown men. Yeah. You know, got families, kids, jobs, careers, own businesses. Mm-hmm. And trying to make it all happen, man. It's hard. It's not like just some we weird kids when you can just come and Show go as up. you please, there's you know. So much time. Yeah. And then you got attitudes, you know, because we're all set in our ways and we're grown men. It's like <laughs> you know, so there's there's infighting. But it's you know, at the end of the day, we all love each other and we are all just looking out for each other's yeah. best interest, you know. Yeah. And you know, sometimes if one of the guys can't play play a gig. It's like no big deal, it's just another gig, you know? Right. And, uh, you know, it's kind of cool. Yeah. Not so serious. Yeah, we took
0: it kind of serious. I don't know if you did, but we took it kind of serious when we were young. So that's That part's nice, a little mm-hmm. perspective. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're at a point where we just do it for fun. Yeah. You know? But uh, you know, I don't book us on on weekdays, you know, unless it's a like a big show, yeah, with a touring band mm-hmm. and it's going to sell out or whatnot, you know. But otherwise, it's like we're just weekend warriors, you know. Do a little touring, you know, do a little weekend like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Great things, you know. it's oh, great.
0: Do you? Um my, did you ever find it difficult to wear the different hats? Like you're an audio engineer and then you're up there playing your instrument. Is it hard to do that when you are the guy that does both those things? You
1: know I was my audio background started a long time ago. Um I was the house sound man at the concert factory. Oh. Which was the old cuckoo's nest in that you know? place. Yeah. yeah no, no. You know, I mix sound when I first started working for the Chili Peppers. I would mix front of house sound. Mm -hmm. I'd have my merch booth next to me. (laughs) You know, while I'm mixing sound, I'm selling T-shirts and records. You know, Flea would break a string. Mm -hmm. And I'd run up on, so I'd tell like the house guy, hey, watch the board. And I'd run up on on stage. Cut the old string off, loop another string through the bridge, and let it dangle while he's playing. And then in between songs, he would like, you know, hook it back up and tune it. Well, <laughs> multitasking. I was always more a guitar player
0: than an audio engineer. Okay.
1: So an audio like engineer
0: the, out of necessity
1: for money or for... Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, during the Pepper's time, I you know, as they were getting bigger, we brought in a, a front of house audio engineer. This guy, Chris Grayson, who's a good buddy of mine that mm-hmm. worked for uh, the Dead Kennedys, worked for TSOL, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and we had toured tour together. Um, oh. So he came on board, and then we brought in a drum tech, so I strictly just guitars. Like guitar tech? Yeah, just guitar oh, okay. tech. That's cool. and, and So audio just kind of surpassed mm-hmm. me, um, you know, just the technology. Mm-hmm. So today, you know, I still work with sound systems, I still build systems. And, Set stuff up, just awesome. Thank you. Um, But um, you know, nowadays I'm I'm a I'm a union stagehand by trade. Yeah, and um, I'm a job steward. You know, so I'll run like I run Pacific Amphitheater down at Orange County Fairgrounds. Right. You've been there a long time, haven't you? Yeah. You know, I've actually worked there since '84. I'm touring with bands. You know, going through there. And then I started working in the union in '89. Worked there, and then it closed down for 10 years, and then it opened back up. I think 16 years ago, and um, I c- came on staff there as a d- department head. I was head audio for a couple years, and then mm-hmm. I became the head props, which is like backline, band gear stuff. Okay. And now I'm the head carpenter, okay. which is basically runs the, the show. I do all the payroll. These potatoes are killer. Are there? Yeah. Cheese. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> We're eating breakfast at the Park Bench Cafe. For anybody that wants to know, <laughs> yeah. they got killer cinnamon roll French toast. It's gnarly, dude. <laughs> yeah, with a, with a uh, glaze of. Uh, I was wondering what that was. What is that? Is it just like um
0: you, is it maple? I don't know, Is I supposed to put some on that, or I just kind of go for both. It's killer. Oh, it's intense, dude.
1: hmm
0: <laughs> I eat so fast, I eat like a pig. My kids trip <sighs> on it. I practically choke myself when I eat. That's I'm the way dogs. I am. <laughs> I love food. Yeah, I, I thinking about this meeting, I thought, um, well, you know, uh, I didn't know if you did a lot of road work. I, th- I figured you did, so. So I thought, well, I'm going to let him choose the place to eat because when you're on the road, people that have been on the road a lot, they know a lot about food. And, you know, they want to go to, this would be great to do at Ikea because it's quiet. And, but, you know, if you don't want those Swedish meatballs today, it's not going
1: to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I was trying to think of a place that we could meet in between us. Oh, I didn't care where it's at. We're so close. When I went...
0: I didn't get your thing, and so I was literally just sitting on my couch, and then I saw the thing on Facebook, and I got here in about 25 minutes. Yeah.
1: You didn't see my text? No, I didn't get any. I, I sent your like text like a last Wi-Fi night at thing. like 12.20. You did? Uh, 12.30. No.
0: That's all I got. See, it's weird. Yeah, it's no big deal. So you're more than guitar thing. How is that? How, how? What is that like today? I mean, because what do you do? You have a you have a amp and all that. You know, because the reason I say <clears> it is <'cause throat> all of this modeling and all this. You uh, obviously you have an amp. Yeah, I am um become like a
1: dark art having an amp you know what i i still like to me less is more you know like a huge pedal board i mean some people their music they have to have all that you know i think i like a guitar player that can just play you know has a tuner yep and maybe a chorus pedal or something a distortion pedal or you know um i work for tsol and Ron Emery is so simplistic, mm-hmm. he likes vintage amps, he likes vintage guitars,
0: mm-hmm.
1: he has a couple of pedals, and you know, he writes great songs, and it's just, you know, to me, something that can create something with less, you know. But, you know, there's people out there, their music, it it takes a lot of effects and stuff. You're playing for yes or something like that. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, but,
0: you know, you're right. No, I think there's something more powerful about uh, less in anything. Uh Uh-huh. Like, whenever I stripped away um, things in skateboarding or in music, whenever I have less than what I think I need to have to do a thing, it almost always comes out better.
1: You know what? And... Me, I'm, I'm like, I always say I'm the one guy, because I have one kicktail on my skateboard, I got one fin on my surfboard, I got one pickup on my guitar, (laughs) you know, I got one dog, I got one wife, I got one God, right? You know, it's just to me, I'm just less is more, you know, I only need one of those, right? Except for guitars, I mean, I have a lot of guitars, but I only need like One one at a time, one pickup, one volume, one tone.
0: Right. You know. You collect guitars? Mm-hmm. Mm.
1: How bad is it? I collect guitars and skateboards. You do? You collect skateboards? Yeah. Just 60's stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, because that was kind of my thing. You know, growing up, I started skateboarding in 64. And just that whole Claywell era, I just love. The craftsmanship and the boards. Black Knight <sighs> and... Um... Yeah, but... I really... Black Knight, right? Yeah, yeah. Well before Black Knight. Black Knights weren't until the '70s, maybe late '60s. But um, I just love the craftsmanship of the, you know, laminated wood, like the old Hobie nine-stringer boards. Yeah. The, you know, Macaha Commander, where they're just laminating beautiful woods together. Right. You know, they were, they were making like, you know, they were like surfboards. You know, it was that same kind of technology. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just love it. You know, I don't really collect any '70s stuff or '80s stuff. Just love '60s stuff. I hang it on the wall. My wife, mm-hmm. my wife is kind enough to let me hang it I was on the wall. It goes. <laughs> <laughs> it's not well, like just in your dungeon. You know what, though, she uh, she rode skateboards when she was a little girl. Okay. She had a black knight. Our son. You know, he's been a skateboarder his whole life. Um. So, you know, it's we're a skateboarding family. Right. You know, so right. it's nice to have that passion of something you love and it's art on the wall for us, you know.
0: How do you get to skateboard much anymore?
1: It's so hard because I've been injured. You're Doing wonderful, thank you. Last 10 years, just, you know, 57 years old. My body's just taking a beating. Right. You know, I never... <clears throat> I very rarely wore pads. Yeah. Unless, you know, I had to. Right. Never learned a knee slide. No. And so, you know, my body's just taking a beating, but I need... I need surgery on my foot. <clears throat> I have a torn planter plate. Okay. And uh, so I got to wear these, like... I wear these like $20 women's running shoes Mm. to help you walk it's the only thing that it's the only shoe that I can wear that I can function the pain if you uh, oh so much pain right Um, and I've spent thousands and thousands of dollars on shoes the last couple years you know I buy $300 tennis shoes and they don't work right you know and it's it, it was kind of a long process to find out what was wrong because the doctor told me I had one thing yeah so, <clears throat> I'm, uh, he's trying to treat it, and after like a year and a half, he's like, well, you know, it's not getting better, let's do an MRI, We do an MRI, finds out, oh, it's not what we thought it was, you got a torn planter plate, that's bad, and I'm like, uh, yeah, well how do we fix that, and he's like, well, you got to put, you know, I'm going to slice you open, I'm going to put two wires on top and two wires on the bottom, and we're going to pull it all back together. You know, the recovery is about four to five months. Wow. It's like, you know, I'm about four to five months out of my life right now. Right. So I've been dealing with that. So it's, you know, it's made it hard to skate. Um, I mean, wow. it's it's easier to skate than it is to walk. That's what because, I was
0: gonna say. Yeah. I got a bad foot and I get around most time on my cruiser. I have a Belmar made this sort of a Sims t- Taper Kick knockoff. Mm-hmm. So I use that to go to the costume I'm too far away. I just it's way easier to skate to there than to walk over. There. Yeah.
1: yeah, so, you know, I'm dealing with that. I got, I got a knee that I need surgery on. You know, medical, you know, insurance, all they want to do is, here, take some pills yeah. and go through therapy. And it's like, well, that doesn't work for me, you know. Yeah. They get money from the pills. Yeah. And, um, you know, one of these... This, I got this breathing and swallowing issue right now that I'm dealing with. <laughs> so I do that a lot. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they haven't figured out what it is. And I kind of almost think that it, it might be from taking so many anti inflammatories mm. that it's screwed up the muscles in my throat. That, cru- that that close? the close yeah that open and close the, the whole swallowing and breathing function mm-hmm. just isn't working. It's, awesome. and it's almost and it's almost like was well, it because those muscles are so relaxed from all the anti-inflammatories I took. <coughs> so yeah, I'm dealing with that. I, you know, hopefully you can figure out what it is. Like You'll fix it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just been it's been a process. You just have
0: to give up with all that because you, you know, it takes so long, it's so slow, medicine.
1: It could be months. It could be years before you really know. I had an endoscopy down my throat into my stomach to see if they can figure out what it was yeah. t- two weeks ago. And the doctors like no anti-inflammatories a week before and two weeks after huh. because they don't want my blood to be thin during our operation.
0: Mm-hmm. Aspirin in there, yeah, because
1: right. you might bleed out. You yep. know, it, as he's as he's scoping my throat, if he's cutting things out or yep. whatever, you know. <clears throat> so going three weeks without anything for my knee and my foot I could take Tylenol but I don't really like taking Tylenol because it's so hard on your stomach you know does it work for you a Tylenol doesn't really do much for me barely and I, tr- I try to eat low doses of everything because I was a drug addict you know growing up mm-hmm. um, and you know for the most part I mean I'm clean and sober with yeah. the exception of the, the medication I got to take yes you know you can't and, get high off ibuprofen and all that crap. Yeah, but it's still not good for you, you know, to no, take yeah, yeah. in, yeah. you know, large mass quantities. So That's true. I really try and just take the most minimal amount of any prescribed yes. drug, you know. But, you know, maybe this anti-inflammatories is what's caused, you know, my throat thing. Hmm. It's possible. Yeah, it's just weird because they cannot figure anything out. And I've been reading about it. The anti-inflammatories in, in, you know, long-term use can create a permanent swallow. Permanent, well, I don't know if it's permanent, excuse me, if it's permanent, but it can create that problem, you know.
0: It's amazing. You found that out, but your doctor hasn't brought that up to you?
1: No, I've, I just read constantly. I'm constantly <laughs> trying to figure out why. So my next thing is I'm going to go to, I've seen, you know, a brain surgeon or, you know. Yeah, a, neuro, it could a, be neuro. Yeah. Yeah. A, and which, you know, maybe it is. I hope it's not. Sure. Um, but, you know, I've seen so many specialists and nobody can figure out. So my next thing is maybe go see a uh, asthma doctor. Yes. Because it almost kind of feels like it's anaphylactic shock. You know, people that have peanut allergies. Yeah. And their windpipe closes up. Yeah. And they have, you know, breathing difficulty. Well, it almost kind of feels like that. Because sometimes... I it does it's like tight. yeah it gets tight mm-hmm. you know that could be
0: either that could be the brain giving a signal there or it could be a chemical that made the brain give a signal there and uh-huh. who knows it's so i say just
1: keep going until you can't go anymore you ride them until the brakes right right ride ride until the hubcaps fall off exactly <laughs> you know i want to skate that's the thing you know i love the i i, I got i always got to be doing something you know whether it's music or skating, mm-hmm. and because I haven't been able to skate, you know, like I'd like to for the last ten years, I've kind of immersed myself back in music. I hear that,
0: but I really want to
1: skate, and
0: um, you gotta have both if you can do it. If you can physically take it, you gotta. Yeah, <clears throat> I
1: think. But you know, I've been so discouraged with skating too, not only with my physical ailments, but. You know, everybody gets so excited because we have so many skate parks around. Yeah. But to me, they all fucking suck. (laughs) You know, it's all. Why is that? It's all. Every skate park in California has an amoeba pool. It's like, why? Build something different. Build an egg pool. Build a capsule. Build a square pool. Yeah. You know, why does everything got to have hips? You know, why is there not a straight wall somewhere? You know, we all love skating half pipes. It's just two straight walls long, you know. Yes. Why did that never happen? Why did they never make a skatopia half pipe of all the- I, I know, why hasn't, why, why hasn't somebody built a reservoir and a half pipe, right. you know? Yeah. Or a good snake run, <clears throat> you know? It's right. like everything, it's a street course and an amoeba. And then they, then they got adventurous and started making clovers, yes. you know, so it's like an amoeba and a clover and-
0: Why is it, why are, why are those the things that are getting made in a skate park? Is it because people our age are designing those skate parks? And that's all the limit of our imagination?
1: I have no idea. I'm so frustrated by it. And there's a new skate park getting built out in um, Redlands that, um, uh, shoot, what's his name? Wally Holiday's building it. Oh, killer. Yeah. Wow. Um, and then, uh, what's his name? Shelly Abbott's boyfriend. Gosh. Shout out to Shelly Abbott and her boyfriend um, are working on it. Shelly's been posting some photos and video of it. And it's got like a little left-hand kidney that kind of on the hip hip side, there's like a little small pocket, but it's not like an amoeba. Okay. But there's a long wall, you know? I mean, it's like, I mean, I love a nice long wall, you know? Yeah. When everything's just like hips and bowls, I get dizzy because it's like. It's obstacle course. Yeah. You can't, (laughs) like amoebas, you know, I I always skate a pool side to side. I never went in and, like, I hate going in and going over the light and one hitting it, you know. I want to hit the sidewall and then the sidewall and then the sidewall. I'll go get three or four hits and I'm out. But it's mainly sidewall. And on clovers and amoebas, you can only really skate the bowl or the hip. You can't really skate it side to side unless you just kind of double carve it or whatever. But, you know, I just like a nice straight wall, a long wall somewhere, you know. And I've, I've been so frustrated the last... 15 years watching skate parks get built. It's yeah. just the same thing over and over. And Yeah. You know, people get so excited about, it. like, who fucking cares? It's another Amoeba. <laughs> it's like, you know, but I'm going to drive to Redlands to skate this new pool, man. Because it's got something different. Yeah, it looks killer, man. Yeah. A little left-hander.
0: What about that new, uh, they're building another combi? Oh,
1: you know, get, get me started on that, why don't you, Ken? <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll tell you about that. I fought this city for over 25 years to build skate parks, and I worked on their on their you know group think mm-hmm. and worked on the boards and um, you, you know always trying to work to make a skate park in the city right and the first one they built um, <clears throat> was over at Murdy Park right just down a, a block away yeah yeah. and it was like a curb and a bank it was like an ashtray with a like, Looks curb like a place and a, for people to sit. Yeah, it was like yeah. totally unfunctional. Right. And it was built by this company called Percus Rose. Yep, I know them. Where, yeah. And, um, you know, I, I basically threw my hands up in the air because the rest of the guys on the board, and I'm not going to mention any no, names, no. were guys that own skateboard companies that are trying to cater to the people that are going to buy their skateboards, street skaters, you know. So they, bu- they built that thing. And then the next one was out in front of the high school. And they built, you know, a curb, a rail, and a fun box, you know, in a HB little- HB right there? Yeah, right. And, a little, and, and a little bank that was like, you know, there's a bank, but there's no adjoining bank. Like, like you know- To make that sense. Yeah, to make face-to-face, There's are right. like- what? Right. <clears throat> but it was like, totally stupid. You got a rail and a, a curb and a box. And then they built another one that nobody even knows about, like a block away in this neighborhood, that's basically a curb. You know just a group yeah <laughs> and my chicken's house over there yeah, yeah exactly uh-huh. and um, yeah. so then when they you know they make this big announcement that they're going to build a skate park and Vans is going to be involved <clears throat> so first thing I do is I find out who's who's going to build it who's going to design it who's going to build it and they said it's going to be California skate park so I contact California skate parks and I said hey you know I've been with the city for years. I'd love to try and let the community have some input in this. And they said, well, you know, it's going to be designed by Lance Mountain and uh, Jeff Grosso. So I contacted Lance and Lance said, well, um, you know, here, this is what Vans wants. They want a big competition clover bowl. And um, I'm like, well, what about, you know, for the people that live here?